Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Tech Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything like, should I buy Apple's HomePod speaker? What's the future of payments and banking? What the hell is happening at Uber? It's a disaster. No, seriously, what is happening at Uber? Mm, We're um, asking ourselves that question a lot right now. Yeah, we are. We're writing about it a lot. We're doing a great job. You are. Indeed. Um, so send us your questions. We do read them all. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address. It's too embarrassed at Recode.net. And a friendly reminder, embarrassed has two R's and two S's. So, Carrie, you're wearing your fancy AirPods. I am. I you're have making them. lots of phone calls these days. So I have. It's good I'm very busy. I'm very yeah. busy. And I'm here yet. I'm here in person. Um, thank you so much for being no here. No problem. Thank it's you for showing up to the show, your it's own show. I really appreciate it. That's like, it's been a lot of news. How, would, how many I have ways my can children I thank here you? for the summer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in the Swisher universe. Yeah, what else is going on? That's enough. I feel like that my kids and Uber seems to be taking up all my time. Yeah. Which ones, which, how are you prioritizing them? Mm, probably Uber. No, my kids. My kids. My kids. I split them. I split them. I have. They have things to do this summer. So, but still, it's really. It's been a really. I thought it would ease up after COVID, but not. Not happened. They don't have their driver licenses yet, do they? No, Maybe he's not old enough. No, he's close though. He's taking driver's ed. I was going to say you could turn him into your own personal Uber for the summer. That would be nice. Except yeah. that would be dangerous for Kara Swisher. I would yeah. never get here. That's true because you generally you're a much much more cautious driver. No, I'm you're not. You're never all. on the I'm phone. A you're driver. safe. You're. I'm, you know. I'm not on the phone. I do not do that. And I do not text when I drive. I'm very particular. No, you don't text when you drive. I well, don't. You are on the phone a lot. I am on the phone a lot. You're right. I have. Yeah. I am distracted. But you, you have to take meetings. And exactly. You're a busy person. All right. So speaking of driving. Speaking of driving. Speaking of cars. cars speaking of ride sharing and everything of Uber. else. Speaking of Uber. Today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we are thrilled to have back on the show Johanna Bouillon. She's Recode's senior transportation reporter. And we're talking all about Uber again. Yes. This is, I believe, the second time we've had Johanna on the show in the mm-hmm. past six months because... Things keep happening, uh, and really quickly, and and so fast that admittedly, I'm even having a hard time keeping up with the news. Yes, so are we. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of I mean, news. One day, there were like 19 things that happened that were all of which would have made a major story, several major stories. Uh, but we're going to go over the latest news and tell you what we know about the internal strife at Uber right now, and then we're going to answer all of the questions you have about Uber and where this very unusual company is going. So let's back up a little bit because okay. I think the last time we spoke about, you and I spoke about mm-hmm. this on the show, it mm-hmm. was sort of an offhand mention that Travis Kalanick, Uber's CEO, was not going to be showing up to Code Conference. Yeah, probably a good idea. And then a lot's happened since then. Yes, indeed. And yeah. you and Johanna have been all over the story. Yes, indeed. There's so along many Along with a couple other turns. reporters out there yeah. in the world. So tell us what the latest is. All right, Johanna, why don't you take over? Sure. So they just released the results of an investigation that was prompted by Susan Fowler, a name that is now sort of well-known throughout the tech industry and other parts of the world, but prompted by an account of sexual harassment and sexism that she encountered at the company while she was there for about a year or so. Um, That led to an investigation by the law firm Covington and Burling, and they just released not the actual report, but the recommendations of how to change the company Basically, the the high level is that they think that the CEO needs to have less responsibility, the board needs to be more independent, and they need to restructure the company's HR and management and more training, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and since then, there have been firings and departures and leaves of absence. Travis Kalanick himself has taken leave of absence. We don't know how long that's going to last. His right-hand man, Emil Michael, the SVP of business, has stepped down from the company, um, and sources have told us that's as a result of pressure from the board of directors. 
And a number of other people have been fired. There was a separate investigation into individual claims of workplace issues that led to the firing of 20 people. It's not clear who that is yet. Um, but we will try to find out and let you know. Yeah, and we'd like to get the actual investigation record. We'd like to get a copy of that, obviously, to, yeah. to, to write about it. Yes, let's put that on the record. Yeah. If you have it and want to give us the report, We'd please happy do. happy to take it. Um, because a lot of the recommendations, you can read backwards, or you can sort of back read into what was in the report by the recommendations. A lot of them were super simple things that most companies would do, like giving them instructions on how to not to talk about parties and have standards for parties and events for the company, things like that. So you can read backwards. You know, we had released a memo that was pretty problematic for the CEO, uh, Travis Kalanick. And so, you know, a lot of the recommendations, you can guess what the report said, but mm-hmm. we'd like to get sort of the Yeah, specifics. things like be more clear about drinking during work hours, yeah. which is <laughs> which obvious in most during. places, <laughs> but yeah. at Uber apparently wasn't. Yeah. You know, I feel like maybe as journalists, we're not the best people to comment on that. No, I don't. No, I don't drink during the day. People have made jokes for decades about journalists, like you know, having their two martini lunches and yeah. No, I get that. I get that. But I think they had an enormous party culture there. It's really clear that that has been going on. It needs to be corrected from an HR point of view. I think one of the things, Joanna can come on this, but one of the things that was most interesting to me was the call for an independent chairman. The chairman is now Garrett Camp, who has was one of the founders of really the founder of Uber in, in many ways, uh, thought of the original idea. And so there's all kinds of things there you can sort of figure out, puzzle pieces of what's going on, but mm-hmm. there's a plenty going on. And Joanna, why don't you talk a little bit about what happened at the release itself? Even that could not not be full of news. Oh, right. And there was an all-hands meeting discussing this investigation into sexism and sexual harassment. And the board member, David Bonderman of TPG Capital, interrupted his fellow board member, Ariana Huffington, while she was talking about the effects of having a woman on the board. She was talking about how, you know, having one woman usually leads to having another woman on the board. And he made a joke offhand, interrupting her, saying, oh, actually, it also leads to more talking. He later apologized and then eventually stepped down that same from day. the board. Okay, that noise, hold on, um, noise you hear right now, hold on, hold yeah. on. You hear, no, that? No. you hear that? <laughs> that is me smacking my forehead, and I'm like leaving out an expletive. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it shocked That's, a lot of people. I think you know. There's. I've since talked to people. What he apparently seemed to me. I mean, men are always explaining themselves, but was that there's more good discussion. But I'm curious why there wasn't the word good discussion rather than women talk a lot. It, talking it read, more. It, it sounded, and everyone in the room had the same reaction. I think. I think what was interesting was the people at, at TPG understood that this was not going to get better, and so immediately removed him from the you know the center of attention. I thought if you had to say something was laudable, he understood that they had to walk the talk and, and removed himself. And to me, what was interesting, and Johanna, I'd love your thoughts on this, is that he said one thing that was a bad joke. It could possibly be, I'm not going to say misconstrued because I don't think it was in the room, but one single joke moved him off the board and Travis has like a litany of issues and was allowed to stay and be uh, take a leap of absence. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's timing. He did this at the all hands meeting in front of the entire mm-hmm. company, yeah. and Travis has also done that in the past. But it was, you know, Ariana's whole speech was let's condemn the past and let today be the start of a new future. And I think in order to be able to say that and let that those words have weight, they had to do something. Right, absolutely. Um, and I think also the fact that Travis has now had a leave of absence. Let's, I mean, we don't know how forced that is and how much of it was actually his decision because he wasn't sure what he was going to do up until that morning. Right. But he did leave it in his hands. They did leave it in his hands, the board. 
Right. But it, it, it's very clear that he was fighting, or, you know, going back and forth about whether or not that's the right move. So I think there, this is something that they're trying, at least publicly, to take seriously. With regards to the investigation, there was an executive who was not fired, as far as we knew, as a part of the recommendations. Mm-hmm. But then there was a recode story that came out within days of the recommendations And ultimately, he was fired, Mm -hmm. and it was for obtaining medical records. Yeah, that was before the recommendations. That was before the recommendations came out. Okay, Mm -hmm. so talk a little bit about that story. Yeah, Johanna, why don't you do that? Yeah, sure. It was it was the day after actually they um, fired twenty people as a result of that separate investigation into individual claims. There's two investigations. Oh, okay. So talk about that a little bit there first, just quickly. Yeah. So there was the Holder report, which is the broader investigation that a lot of people are referring to, was done by Covington and Burling. And that was just looking at the company culture from the top. You know, what is leading to all of these individual claims of sexual harassment? Those individual claims themselves were investigated by a separate firm called Perkins & Coie. um, And that was what resulted in the 20 or so terminations. As part of those terminations, Eric Alexander, the executive you mentioned, was not fired until the day after when we reported that he obtained or we went to, you know, we were asking about him obtaining medical records of a victim of a rape in um, New Delhi, India in 2014. Uh, So he basically went right after the rape, you know, obtained these medical records and carted them around for a few months afterward and showed it to a number of executives, including Emil Michael and Travis Kalanick, and he was not fired. Emil Michael claims he never saw it, but everybody knew about this file and the fact that he had his hands. Yeah, I mean, it was discussed. Yeah, and it was discussed in some, explained the discussions were kind of disturbing. Yeah, so sources were telling us that he basically, or it was discussed whether or not the rape was some sort of plot by Uber's competitor, Ola, in India to sabotage the company. So questioning the validity of the incident itself. And today, as we reported, the rape victim has filed another lawsuit against Uber for invasion of privacy, for defamation. Um, And this is in California. So we could possibly see this play out in a way that forces the Holder report itself to become public. Right. So it's a problematic situation. It's like a series of activities. I mean, it's not just this. There's the Waymo lawsuit from Google. There's this India thing, which I think really did push a lot of people inside the company over the edge, that a lot of this stuff was antics and problems. And, you know, they don't take it seriously, unfortunately, in Silicon Valley sexual harassment issues, as they should. Um, But I think this was sort of beyond the pale for a lot of people, that uh, top executives were carrying around a a police file that then had a medical file of of a rape victim in it. And it seemed... I think any other executive would have turned that over immediately if one of your underlings had gotten a hold of it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was it, the whole thing. It's just it calls into question the, the the management of the company and the top management. And so soon after, uh, Emil Michael was fired. Why don't you talk about that, Johanna? So Emil Michael, there was a lot of board pressure leading up to the seven or so hour meeting um, last Sunday that the board had discussing the recommendations before they they showed it to the to employees. Um, he had. At that point, by Sunday, 
was sort of 50-50 on whether or not he was going to step down and whether or not he was going to leave the company. Because investigation, from what we've been told, really shed a bad light on him. There People who were interviewed for the investigation were asked about this incident in South Korea where he, Travis, and Eric Alexander actually visited an escort uh, bar in Seoul, South Korea with a few other employees, employees who were made to feel uncomfortable. So people were asked about that. Then there, you know, there's a, a litany of other things that Emil Michael has done in the past publicly, you know, talked about digging up dirt on journalists and et cetera, et cetera. So it, the investigation was not good for him. That was what was clear to us. Um, he announced to the staff on Monday that he was stepping down. Um what we know is that there was board pressure for him to step down. I don't think that in his email he said that he was fired, but... Yeah, I think he's been... I mean, there's been stories afterwards by people that are close to him that are sort of indignant about him having to leave. Um, I think what's interesting to him is that was sort of a, a growing thing around him. He's the closest person to Travis, really, in the company, and many considered him the COO of the company in a lot of ways, although he does not consider himself that way, but everybody else does. Um, or his last year, his closest confidant. And I think what's interesting is that it built... It built over a long time. Yeah, I mean, he he was a lot of people describe him as Travis's, you know, close confidant advisor, sometimes his enabler. They had this sort of bromance where they, by 2014 and he joined Uber in 2013. By 2014, they were speaking every single day. He sort of usurped other people who were close to Travis within a matter of a year um, as his closest advisor. So he, you know, whether he wants to admit it or not, he played a big role in a lot of decisions. And he was that, teed at a lot of Uber deals made. there, too. He worked on the China deal. There was not a deal, a critical deal for Uber that he wasn't involved in. And the other part is that the board had tried to put him on a leave of absence previously, and we're not, Travis just wouldn't do it. They had promised to do something, especially around the escort bar issue, although I think they call it a karaoke bar. They keep trying to insist that it's a karaoke bar, but it's a karaoke bar where women have numbers around their necks and they're for sale. So... You know, uh, fine, we'll call it that. Right, like, call it, it's yeah. not a bar you want to have. A, to be The only thing to be fair is that a lot of tech executives go to these things when they're in uh, a certain Asian countries. And look, everybody does it. But in this case, someone complained at Uber, who a woman who was there and made to feel uncomfortable. Right. So with the Emil Michael situation, is uh, this is the kind of thing where he is like taking the fall for Travis in a way? Like that by him exiting the company, it could have potentially saved Travis's job? Well, he did things, right, Johan? I, I think fall. He may, many think he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think the argument that he's being scapegoated is not accurate, and because, and, and I, I know it's an argument that people close to him have made, um, you know, to other publications. But he did things. He very loudly to another journalist suggested digging up dirt on journalists. Like he's, he was at the South Korea escort bar or karaoke bar, whatever it is. You know, it, it's not as if he is completely free of any wrong. So, And and mm -hmm. Alexander reported directly to him and he mm -hmm. didn't do anything about mm -hmm. it or didn't do it quick enough or didn't express enough urgency around the issue. So it just like there was a lot of issues around him. Yeah. And it's clear that he's angry about having to leave. So I don't think that he willingly, you know, fell on his sword for his buddy. Yeah. So we'll let's see. talk about Travis. So Travis mm -hmm. is now taking a leave of absence mm -hmm. in an email to the company which Recode published, he said that he was taking time to grieve his mother. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an indeterminate amount of time. What else do we know about this leave? Well, I just his mother, let's talk about his mother. She died in a very tragic boating accident, mm -hmm. a lovely woman. His father is very sick. So in the middle of all this, in this report, there was this horrible personal tragedy for Travis, which must be an astonishingly horrible thing to have to deal with. 
and also deal with issues around the workplace, which is, I think, the center of his life. The two centers of his life was his family and his workplace. So, you know, uh, there is a moment you have to be empathetic and say, wow, this is a terrible time for this guy. Yeah, I mean, this has to be the worst year of his life. I mean, Uber has gone through public scandals before. They've managed their way out of it somehow. This is just thing after thing after thing. And then in the middle of it, his mother passes away and his father, you know, is severely, severely injured. And I don't know if you read his account of what happened. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. It's really, really horrendous. So I don't doubt that the time that he's taking away from the company now will be spent partly on him recovering and grieving. And and I, I think that anyone should take that time. At the same time, in his email, he did also say that he's working on becoming Travis 2.0 so that he could lead the company. Will he return? I, It's hard to tell at this point because he didn't put a timeline on it at all. And it's not clear if, you know, he'll be welcomed back by the board, by the company, you know, depending on how long he's away. Yeah, and he also, I mean, I think the issue is, the problem is they left the door open so much and so unspecific that they're trying to find a lot of different people. There's a lot of openings. There's not much management at the company. It's being led by a group of people at the top. But there's not many of those either and not seen, certainly not senior enough. And the issue is can they get a COO in there? That's really what they've been trying to do that, that is adequate, that is a really good COO who really wants to sit there with this overhang because they didn't clarify anything. And so the question is will they get kind of an eh COO or will they get the kind of CEO that's really needed here? And that's a problem because most people who are really good want to be CEO. And mm-hmm. so if you have this guy with enormous voting power, and he does have con- him between he and, and Garrett Camp, they really can control a lot of the fate of Uber or can try to. There's obviously resistance from people, but technically they can control it. The question is, who wants to come into this? I mean, they'll find someone, but is it going to be a great person? It's, you know, they keep saying they want a Sheryl Sandberg-like person. Trust me, Sheryl Sandberg wouldn't, someone like Sheryl Sandberg wouldn't touch us with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it also depends greatly on whether Travis does come back, because if you're going to get a, someone to be the second in command, they also are going to want some sort of power. They're going to want to be able to make decisions on their own. In the past, that has been incredibly difficult with Travis, you know, leading the company. He likes to be a part of every decision. He likes to be the one who makes the call. Um, And, you know, he lost a president who ostensibly at that time was supposed to be a second command after just six months. Part of that was moral issues. But, uh, you know, sources were telling me that he also felt like he, Travis, went behind his back on a number of issues. So, is he is Travis? Will Travis be ready for a true partner as they, as they as they keep calling the COO role? And should he be? Has he developed enough? I think we had a memo that we published that you know was disturbing, even though it was sort of broy, funny kind of thing. But it's certainly not a, a memo. It was advising about how employees should have sex. And right, it, there was a company offsite in Miami, mm-hmm. and it, how long ago was it? Wasn't that not long, very long ago, ago? Right, no. and he was he was telling people like don't have sex and. It was just very uh, immature. It was immature. It was, it was also, and, he was lamenting, as Casey Newton from The Verge said, lamenting that he couldn't have sex with people. He mm-hmm. had an, a hashtag FML, fuck my right. life. Like, oh, well, I guess I can't have sex. Yeah, sex to be me. Yeah. It, was, it was, you know, it was something a frat brother, head of the frat would mm-hmm. send out, but not the head of a, a company. And so can he be a, a public company CEO? I think, and that's leaving out the Waymo lawsuit, all kinds of criminal investigations into grayballing and some and some privacy issues. John, I mean, the list is endless. Like, can this person be the CEO? And the fact that they literally don't have a C-suite of executives. They don't have a CFO. They don't have a COO. They don't have a CMO. You know, who knows if other people are going to leave the company or be fired from the company as more and more things are getting revealed. And the people who he does have his direct reports, I think, 
there are probably three chief, uh, one chief human re- uh, resources officer, and and basically that's it. There aren't any other high level executives who are left to run the company right now. He's also not young. Yeah, this, he's not a twenty five year old CEO who's no. you know stumbled and made a bunch of mistakes. And it's over forty. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, everybody can change. Like, every, there's mm-hmm. any moment in your life till the end of your life you can change. But I think the question is, who's going to train him? Who's going to – he's he's hired a personal coach. He's tried to do all kinds of things. And obviously, when you have this great personal loss, that does make you reflect on your life. And, you know, not to psychologize people, but this seems to be the universe saying something to him. Like, yeah. You know, and so it's a question whether he's going to do that. I'm of the opinion that, people, that he's not changed necessarily. There's a lot of I'm sorry's, but I'm not so sure – um, the resistance to step down, the resistance to, you know, to a lot of this seems to display someone who just really thinks they're on the right path and doesn't want to change. You know, this has worked in the past, this aggression, this pugnaciousness that's veered over and to-, to toxicity, really. I mean, it's toxic. Right. Um, it works. Uh, well, you know, if you, to me, the medical records thing, like away from the crazy memo, the medical records thing was, I think Johanna and I agree, it was so disturbing mm-hmm. to, to even imagine someone would consider that was okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been covering Uber for years now and I've talked to people about, you know, awful things that have been done on behalf of Uber by Uber employees, whatever it is. And when I started talking to people about this and asking them about this, those who didn't know and weren't involved were shocked. You know, having known Uber from the inside, they were shocked. And I think that says a lot given, you know, Uber's track record. Right. It's almost like they're not shocked about the fact that, Johanna, when you were showing up to a meeting with them years ago, they revealed that they were actually tracking your trip. And they're not shocked that maybe Uber has made software that was designed to uh, keep authorities in certain municipalities like in the dark on what they're doing and mm-hmm. what cities they're operating in. They're not surprised by that, but this is next yeah, level stuff. Interesting. One of the reasons we had such good sources on this is because I had one person who in the executive suite that was like, this is my penance for letting this happen. Like, I think that's what it got to. Like, this is, I feel badly that I allowed this to go on. And we said something, but we didn't, you know, they feel badly. Like, and I think ultimately you've got to bring back this company. And Jonah, maybe we can talk next about where it goes. You can write as many recommendations as you want. Like, what is it going to take to change you know, Ariana is talking a lot about let's move forward, let's not think of the past, but you really do have to think of the past. Like, you can't just let go and say bygones here. And so, Jonah, what do you think is going to change the culture at this point? I mean, let's start first with what they're going to do with these recommendations and on a practical level. They're Leanne Hornsey, the chief human resources officer, said she's going to add more human resources staff because that was an issue. A lot of the problem with the company and a lot of the reason why so many, you know, sexism, sexual harassment, whatever it is, reports kind of fall through the cracks because they were built like a startup. They had an HR department that basically only worked and served to help the company recruit and grow and didn't really feel that their primary um, purpose was to help, you know, actual employee issues and, and make sure that people, employees were happy. And Insofar as the recommendations say that they're going to use now established metrics to make sure that employees are happy, which is something that companies should have, you know, fundamentally. Um, But it's unclear, though, whether these sweeping changes are really addressing, you know, these individual issues, 20 people being fired and I and who knows what the cases were, but out of the entire company, it's not clear if that's enough to change the culture people i mean david bonderman's um 
you know, his his comment on its own shows that even after having dealt with this for the last six months, being in meetings, um, trying to fix the culture, spending seven hours with the law firm and then accepting all the recommendations, he was able to still make that remark. So it's clear that it's not just like, oh, one day you flip a switch, all things are changed, culture is different. There has to be a fundamental, you know, reimagining of the leadership structure because a lot of this comes from the top. And so it, it's it's really unclear to me whether or not this is going to make a tangible, tangible difference within the company. I've spoken to people who are upset that there are certain people who haven't been fired as a result of the investigation. They feel like things haven't changed and they need, still are actively looking for other opportunities, even after the recommendations were revealed. So a lot of the, also a lot of the people are now, Kara, let's move on. I was like, no, I don't think, we, you know, I mean, I think, John, you feel that pressure, like, let's move on. Let's forget about the past. And I'm like, why? Why should we? We haven't even gotten through half the things you've done. Right. And so I think they would like the slate to be wiped clean, but they haven't put it in a, they have not fired the CEO of any other company he would have been fired because they have, one, they have founder love, right? Mm-hmm. The, it's such a Silicon Valley thing. The founder will be Jesus and save everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, they're worried. I think this is the one that I think is is reasonable. They're worried about attracting people into the company, you know, the attrition rate has gotten rather high. And so the question is, can they, and will they attract the really innovative people? Because they've got competitors out the yin-yang. This is not like other companies. This is like a hugely competitive space. And so can they continue to stay innovative with all this hanging over them? And that is a legitimate worry. And so they don't want to easily replace a founder who's proven himself to be very quick on the on the draw kind of stuff. So to that point, how are they actually doing from a business perspective right now? Because we've seen, you know, there were there was a delete Uber movement a few months ago. Uh, but as Johanna pointed out on an earlier podcast, I mean, they were still gaining new customers yep. at a rate. Perhaps that wasn't really impacting them. But now even like the New York Times is writing a column about, you know, not using Uber. And it seems like it's I have not used Uber in months. Yeah. And it's I not that hard. It. I mean, we're lucky we live in the San Francisco Bay right. Area. We have options. And for other people in other markets, maybe they don't have other options. But like, it's not that hard not to use Uber. Yeah, I've stopped using it. I have to say, just from this reporting, I, I, I don't care if people think I'm biased. It's just I can't do it. The stuff I've learned. It's just disturbing. And, I, you know, I don't listen, lift. <laughs> There's all kinds of issues around all these companies. Um, but you do have to sort of start to say, I mean, the question is, it is growing more than ever, right, Johan? I mean, that's the thing. It seems like people say, I hate these Uber people, but I'm... They're growing. I mean, for a $69 billion company, if every week is not better than the last week, then it shouldn't be valued at that much. But, you know, they're still growing. They've narrowed their losses from last quarter of 2016 to first quarter of 2017 from, you know... 990 million or so to 700 something it's like million, getting out of China right um, which still China. is a lot <laughs> but they they are narrowing their losses and they say that they're going to be profitable um it, they're still I mean the company's still that's a profitability is another issue they, they also need someone to come in and help them become you know sort of perfect their business because they're still subsidizing a lot. There's in like they're in markets all over the world where they have very, very strong competitors that are getting a lot of financing. And we will are basically willing to play this subsidy game with them, to go to war with them by giving drivers money and and um, charging customers less. Uh, so they're growing, they are narrowing their losses, but still need to figure out how to, you know, have a better business model where they're not throwing money at just kind of buying drivers and riders. Um, and but to the point, you know, I, I live in New York. 
We have a subway system that's really great. I mean, sometimes is not, but we have a robust subway system, unlike most markets. And we also have a bunch of different options, ride hall options. But I can tell you right now for a fact that Lyft's you know, service is not as good as Uber's here, even though it's a major market. Get and other players, not nearly, they don't have nearly as many drivers available as Uber does. And so until the other competitors can figure that out, figure out the balance between riders and drivers in a way that, you know, riders aren't forced, riders who only use ride hail services or really need to use a ride hail service are unforced to go back to Uber, nothing is going to happen. You can tell people to stop using Uber as much as you want. But particularly outside of New York, outside of, you know, maybe L.A., San Francisco, I don't think the news that we're breaking really affects other markets, particularly if there isn't a public transportation system, if there isn't a a real private car uh, network or industry. Of course, they're going to use Uber because people need to get around and they need to get around quickly and for cheap. It's also, as Jonna said, a better product. It just is. It's a better app. It's a better product. It's better yeah. matching. And so I think a lot of people, they'll, they'll tweet indignantly, I can't believe this, and then they'll call an Uber. Like last night, I was at an event, and after all this news, I was like, I'm going to call it up. They're like, oh, we'll call an Uber. And these are people who just had criticized Uber. And it was fat. I was like, really? Are you freaking kidding me? And so yeah. it was interesting. I it's think almost like just, railing against your ISP, and then yeah. you go home and use the internet every yeah, day. It's You're just, like, oh, you know, Comcast or yeah. Verizon, whoever it might be. And then, it's a, but it's, it's a utility. utility. It's a utility, right. and I think that's the issue. And I think the question is: the only thing I do keep in mind, and I do think that's right. People don't think that hard, and it doesn't resonate outside of Silicon Valley or others, which will no, matter. It which will matter, I think, eventually, is that things do trickle down. And one of the things they always try to compare themselves Uber from a business point of view to Amazon. They spent, 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 and then they suddenly got profitable, kind of thing. And now they're doing great. I think Uber does not have – what Amazon did with all that money that people thought was wasted was build moats everywhere, uh, yeah. warehouses, well, they built technology, AWS. Too. AWS mm-hmm. Like warehouses, like real things that differentiate them. Right now what differentiates Uber is a better app. That can be – people can catch up. And they don't. I don't th- see that they have moats that other people have. So what they have is a brand, and that brand is most definitely tarnished. And so we'll see – I don't know what would – stop someone from making a better product eventually. It's just they've got the head start. I think the brand itself will matter a lot when it comes to self-driving cars. And I think that is when we'll see a real, real effect, you know, of Lyft's brand, which is friendly. I, You know, we're the trustworthy ones. People will, of course, opt to use the service with self-driving cars that they trust more. And if Uber, we can barely trust them when they're using manually driven cars, are we going to be able to trust them when they have robots driving these cars? And I don't think, I think it will have less of an effect. I think it's going to do just, as long as its product is great, I think people will be like, ugh, what a bunch of assholes, but I still call it. That, that's unfortunately, they won't care as much about this. And some people will, certainly to delete Uber and stuff like that. It has an impact, but how big an impact is still open to question. Right. Okay, we're talking about Uber, 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 with Rico's Johanna Buyan. And now we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners. Lauren, do you want to read the first question? Sure. Uh, The first question is from Eduardo Vieiro, who asks, is Marissa Mayer a good name to be on the board or become a new CEO of Uber? She is available now. Yeah. I said someone's trolling me because <laughs> he was going, trolling you because yes. then he responded to me said, Lauren, could you convince Kara to make a case? For uh, here's the case for it. She could go on the board. She certainly is on a lot of boards. So she's on some good and some bad boards. Um, look, 
the Yahoo experience wasn't very good, and this is a highly complex company. You know, you need someone from the transportation sector, the delivery sector like FedEx, you know, people like Tom Stagg from Disney, people who really understand logistics. Um, and she has absolutely no experience here. So I don't know why they would want to jump into that, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. Whatever you think about Travis Kalanick, he really does. He's, his whole career has been about ne- distributed networks. And mm-hmm. certainly, right. you know, away from all these ethical issues, he's terrific at that. So, uh, Johanna, your thoughts? I mean, I don't think they're going to get Marissa Meyer to be their CEO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty much it. <laughs> but no, I do. I, for all of his issues, Travis is what made Uber mm-hmm. what it is. And, you know, they've even said this themselves, that the thing that brought them here, which is this aggressive, um, you know, mindset, is also is what is, is undoing the company right now. So while he did bring the company to where it is today, Will he will is that as far as he can bring it if he doesn't change? Yeah. You know, I think they're coming up against the limits of that aggressive behavior now. Yeah. And also, but he does have but away from the aggressive behavior, he has a real knowledge of distributed networks. His past two companies are like that. He's quite a math lead. He's well, the, na- navigating sort know. of sticky regulatory issues. But more than that, he really does understand the mathematics involved in this really complicated business. And it's not just a it's not just a digital business it's not like Instagram. It's a analog business. It's super complex. And I think he really is. Uh, highly qualified in that regard. And that's maybe why they keep them eventually, if they can get rid of all these other thorny ethical issues, and they're quite thorny. So next question from Anshul Kapoor at, I am Anshul. Uh, Why hasn't any Uber investor shown leadership and sold their stake in Uber yet? Johanna, you can Mm. answer that in one easy word. The business is good. (laughs) Agreed. The business is good. I mean, throughout the last few months, I kept talking to investors, big and small, and I asked, you know, why are you still here? They barely even register some of them that there was any scandal, maybe not recently, but before, because the business is good. (laughs) They're doing well. They are like the clear market leaders in the United States. There, there was little reason for any investor to really pull out. There were, um, you know, I think it's Mitch Kapoor, who um, wrote a public letter That's denouncing right. the culture. But even them, after the recommendations were published, said that they, you know, feel like the company's back on track. Yeah. So, greed. No. They like their money. They, there's not enough money in the world for some of these billionaires. So, well, there you have it, Anshul. There's Anshul. your answer, plain and simple. Uh, <laughs> next question is from Moonlight Halo on Twitter. Do you believe their effort to clean up their act is sincere? I'm really tired of giving money to Teal slash Icon. Can you explain that, Johanna? Teal Icon is Lyft. Yeah. So Teal and Icon are investors in Lyft. Explain who they are. Peter Teal is currently in the Trump administration. He's also the person who apparently quietly um, helped sue Gawker out of existence as part of the Hulk Hogan lawsuit. Um, and they're, they're investors in Lyft, which is interesting because as, as all this Uber stuff happened and any, you know, ethical issues people began bringing up about Uber, you know, there was this other side bringing up the fact that, oh, Peter Thiel is also an investor in Lyft. And so they also ha- are questionably, um, you know, it's questionable whether or not they are themselves ethical. Um, and I do think that it's it's to their benefit or Lyft's benefit that we've all been focusing a lot on Uber. And I, I mean, do I believe their effort is sincere? I guess you'd have to define what sincere means. I think that they genuinely do want to change the company culture because at the end of the day, they have to you know rectify their business. They are, like I, we said earlier, are, they're losing talent. 
really, really talented people are questioning whether they want to be at the company, have already left the company. And some people are like have, you know, genuinely asked me people who have offers from Uber, whether they should join the company if it actually is really bad for the resume. So it is having an impact at least on the people that they are able to get. And who are, who's making the product? Who is backing this company? The, it's the talent. Um, I think also public image is going to matter more and more. Maybe not so much yet outside of New York, San Francisco and things like that. But, you know, for the first time in a really long time, I've seen people genuinely express, you know, at least publicly, their discontent with the company and have said that they're going to stop using Uber. And that that never, ever, ever, ever happened before. Not when they were, when drivers were protesting, not when they suggested, you know, digging up dirt on journalists. Not, it never happened before until now. And so there is, whether or not it's, it's material on the business end, there is at least a perception issue and that is going to affect recruiting and that's going to affect possibly getting more funding. It's not good for business to be such assholes, I guess, at this point. And, you know, karma's a bitch mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I don't – I think it's not sincere, although I do think that people – there are so many good people at the company. That's what you have to keep underscoring. There's wonderful people who work there and ill-served by their leaders, for sure. All right. Next is from Mark Little, M.T. Little, at M.T. Little. Has any CEO in American history kept their job through so many self-inflicted scandals? Hmm, that's a good question. Hannah, very quickly. I don't. I can't recall. Well, I, I'll tell you this. If the president makes it four years, oh, that president, will probably president be longer. Trump. <laughs> president Trump. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even think of someone who's been through this much. Here's one that's like, been through. At least in recent history. I'm very young. So. Yeah, yeah, you're very young. I'm very old. Uh, you know, Bill Gates in the Microsoft trial? Mm-hmm. You know, he held on to that job. That was a tough friggin' trial, and that was a lot of it centered on him. Uh, he gave a terrible testimony. Uh, he kept his job uh, for a long time. He very good, considered a very good CEO. But, I mean, that's – but that was just the one – you know, that was just the one thing. This is a lot of them. I, no, I, don't, I can't think of one. I can't – you know, can't Elizabeth uh, Holmes – from Theranos is still there, right? She's still running the company. But again, it yeah. seems like it was one thing, which is yeah. that the technology was one didn't, big thing. didn't work. One big thing, right. fraud or whatever right. it is. Yeah, like, so, do you remember yeah. like, the, the Mark Hurd expenses yeah. thing? And like, that Heard. was like one one thing, yeah. one yep. Yep. scandal so, and out. Yeah, there's usually and one and he was out. He was out. I think it's uh, the tolerance level has gone high. I think it's not unrelated to what's happening in politics. Next question, Lauren. Uh, next question more. is from Justin Tomkowitz. Uh, he's at Angry Critic ninety seven. Why does it seem like every Uber executive is a pervert? Hashtag so much Uber. Hashtag too embarrassed. That is a, what we define as a leading question. Yeah, in Johanna, you get that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, not so I, I don't think it's define to say pervert. That every Uber a... executive is a pervert. Yeah, yeah. define no. pervert. Um, this is San Francisco. I've yeah, it depends all, on so. what is is. Yeah, um, look, they got some problems. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, don't, 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 don't make a sweeping that. question. Don't perfect question. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. All right. The next one. Yeah, this um, doesn't feel like a, a do good not for answer me. the pervert question. Try to keep your <laughs> try to keep your objectivity on that one. Isn't it time that we discuss the culture crisis in other companies in Silicon Valley? Uber isn't the only company. You good know what? point. It's not, but it's the worst. Yes. No, I mean, it's front and center right now, but it's this this story itself should either lead companies to clean up their act or force people to start talking about the issues that are within their company and force reporters to also pay attention. And I, I have young journalists reaching out to me all the time about how to get into the tech industry. And my best advice is pay attention to the companies that none of us are paying attention to because we're all writing about Uber. Right. But he, they are the quintessence, don't you think? I've never seen anything like this. And by the way, of I, course, think, I yeah. think other companies are. I've had gotten so many contacts from people in the company. They're like, we are looking at everything. Like they they are, 
care. I just, you don't, you, like, you have issues of sexual uh, harassment and sexism at every single company, for example, just to pick yeah. one. You have dirty tricks, not so much comparatively to this. Um, you, you have such a panoply of everything here. You've got dirty tricks. You've got competitive hijinks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got, like, Brain draining stealing and- technology. Mm-hmm. You've got weird holding of medical records. You've got demented memos. You've got sexual harassment. Everything exists at companies. It's just not in this in this concentration. I think it's really quite astonishing. But yes, we should look at other companies and all of them. And they have responsibility to their employees and their customers and a wider range of people than they take responsibility for. We have a question from Balaji at, at Ballerji on oh, Twitter. No. A friend has a great offer from Uber. Should she take the job? Is Uber really officially a black mark on one's resume? I'd say it'd be tough to go in right now. Like I was surprised, for example, they just hired away a top Apple executive, this woman, Bozema St. John, who was working in Apple Music. And they hired her away. And I was a little bit surprised by it just because I thought it's a tough time to enter because you actually don't know what the top of the corporate structure is. You don't know how they're going to emerge from this. She's pretty Uh, tough. No one pushes Bozama around, is my guess. If you believe that this, the company is, you know, turning a new leaf, then it's probably a good time to join. I, but I do think that, and this has been, you know, forever, that being um, a former Uber employee doesn't necessarily look great on your resume, depending on what you're doing. Um, it also depends on what the position is. And, you know, you have to get to know the people you're working with, I think, before you make a decision it, I'm sure they're offering a lot of money for these positions. And like I said, I've been asked multiple times by many people, you know, should I be joining Uber? I have a great, great offer. It's it's tough to say. I, I would wait just to see if anything really changes. Do you think people actually blame the employees here? It's not most of them. I think most people don't. This is focused on the top, the mm-hmm. top leaders. So I don't know if it's such a bad thing, although I have to say pretty much everybody there that I talk to is like contemplating leaving like and, and says it to a reporter. Like, that's the, that's the issue. It's like, why would they tell me? What should I do if they're consulting me? You've you got a problem, I mm-hmm. think. So it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know I mean, Leanne Hornsey said that at the All Hands, too. Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, she? I know that people are getting a lot of offers. I know you're filling up your LinkedIn. And she was like, but this is the worst time to leave. You know, we're about to embark on some change or something like that's that. That's what so. an HR head would have to say, right? <laughs> She'd have to say that. <laughs> I wonder if she's dropping her resume. I don't know. Uh, she's from Google, by the way. Leanne is from Google and has a lot of experience for sure. Next question. We have two more left very quickly. Noel Walling, how much corporate responsibility should we expect from companies that repeatedly violate local laws until they're sued? <laughs> Joanna, kind of a layup there. How much? Um, <laughs> Not much is your answer. How am I supposed to answer this question? <laughs> Not much. Um, they did what they needed to do to get legal. And it is, is it surprising that a company that you know used the argument that – laws that existed are antiquated and thus don't apply to them you know have you know questionable ethics i don't i don't think it's surprising and i don't really understand if this question is rhetorical or not it's rhetorical <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for writing in noel no. next one uh, and last question is from adnan <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, adnan says how effed are we with regards to deterioration of worker rights via the quote-unquote on-demand labor by companies like Uber? Well, that is a big question, mm-hmm. Adnan. That is a big question. Joel yeah, writes a lot about these That's companies. something that Uber has been grappling with for 
a really long time. Um, workers, drivers are not necessarily happy working for Uber. And what what are workers' rights? Independent contractors aren't really afforded any sort of employee benefits or anything like that via Uber. They have to do that through the government or on their own. And then I think it's really about whether or not this administration decides that it's their responsibility to help you know, independent contractors and freelancers as that, you know, subset of employees become bigger and bigger. Um, I don't think that the administration is one to get too deeply involved in things like that. And I feel like they're probably really busy with other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Russia. Yeah. yeah, that's a big question. That's another topic for another day. But it's not just Uber. It's all of them. Like, well, how do we treat workers in yeah. this new economy? Right. Big, big, big questions. Big for bigger minds than ourselves at this moment. Because we're tired from covering Uber, aren't we, Johanna? I was just saying that I've I'm it's Ramadan actually and covering Uber has made it easier to fast because I can't eat. I have no time to eat. <laughs> All right. Well keep working. Harder, harder, Joanna. She's done an amazing <laughs> job at the coverage and there's much more to come, correct? We, we are both not have. we're not going away as as many people used to. That should be Rico's slogan. We're, we're not, not going, going away. away. That's an old uh, gay rights uh, thing. Oh really? Uh, yeah, we're not going away. You should adopt it. And since I'm gay, we can do it, Johanna. Yeah, you can can do it if you want. I actually used, I actually email that to people when they don't answer me. (laughs) I'm not going away. That sounds threatening, Johanna. You're learning fast. I like this. Fantastic. I love that. (laughs) Your next thing should be, I will kill you. You can use that. Unnerve people. No. I mean, I would be a little concerned putting that in email or saying it in general. I will kill you. You Um, I was trying to get Johanna, I gave her the phone number to text someone and I said, it will unnerve them. And I wanted the person to be unnerved, right? No response yet, though, right? Is that but what happens when you're calling me at no, 1 o'clock in the yet. morning? I'm trying to unnerve You actually you. haven't called me at 1 in the morning in a very long but time. But I try to unnerve people, and we should do that here because, yeah. you know, it's a great product and deserves a better leadership, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Johanna, thank you so much. This has been another great episode. Thank you. Yeah, yes. and thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, Johanna. And uh, I hope we have you on again soon, except if we do have you on again soon, that means that yet another Uber scandal has erupted and yes. you haven't slept in a long time. So uh, if you all enjoyed this episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and you can leave us a review at itunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask and seriously subscribe if you do you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask and if you're not on apple podcasts which has just been rebranded apple podcasts mm-hmm. you can also subscribe on google play music tune in stitcher soundcloud basically we're everywhere or you can just go to the website recode.net slash podcast and you can find every episode there yes we are barred from using the word itunes apparently until i got the memo just recently and while itunes and while you're there you should check out our other podcasts like recode decode recode replay and recode media with peter kafka the verge also has a great podcast called the verge cast it's our flagship podcast and it's hosted by neelai patel And The Verge is doing something really cool that you should check out. They're using the podcast app Anchor to experiment with some ideas for new shows because they've retired the Control-Walt-Delete podcast that is no longer in their repertoire. Um, So they're looking for new ideas. And you can find out how to help us at The Verge by going to anchor.fm slash verge. That is so innovative, as they say in Britain. Innovative. We're crowdsourcing ideas. I like that. Okay. We're not doing that. I think of our ideas ourselves. We don't want crowds. Yeah, we only crowdsource questions every week. This is a fascist organization here at Recode. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks to everybody for listening. And thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then.